Hey guys, welcome back to Untucked. Um, on this week's episode, we are going to discuss active fund management and um, an, an article we read in the Wall Street Journal about the impact Tesla's uh, growth has had on active fund managers' decision making. We're going to discuss Apple AirTags and their use and whether or not they're even safe. And then finally, we'll wrap up with a discussion on Spider-Man and, and the whole superhero movie genre. Um, we're working on new music for the pod, so you're not going to have our normal intro, but in the next couple of episodes, we'll have something new for you. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Happy New Year and welcome to episode 60 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. And this is Jeff. Happy New Year. It's been a while. Yeah. Here we are. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Where have we been? <laughs> COVID protocols. Yeah. Mostly. And then the holidays. Yeah. Kind of lazy road into the holidays. Yeah. Um, did you guys know that um, like doctors' lab coats used to be black? Like they wore black lab coats because they like symbolized like their somber, serious presence and pretty much like the fact that they were ushering you into death. <laughs> Why'd they change to white? Uh, the American Medical Association kind of like figured out that that was pretty awful and they needed to like change the face of the medical profession. So that like all the sheets on the bed turned white, the docs wore white lab coats, the nurses wore white hats. Now that didn't help for like hiding stains and stuff like that because uh -huh. the black was good for that, uh -huh. but they felt like the medical profession needed kind of a, a facelift. Isn't that crazy, though? Because I was sitting around one night, and I'm like, why the hell do they wear these white... Like, why do they wear lab coats? Do you have any idea how long ago that was, that they changed the color? Uh, I don't, Meg. Um, yeah, it was the 19th century that they were wearing black. Okay. So probably like early 20th century. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I, I still don't... Like, my when I see my primary care, like, she wears a lab coat into the... Like, just wear scrubs, dude. When you like start medical school, you get a white coat. It's called a white coat ceremony. Right. Like it's a very, yeah, it's a consistent theme. I, I don't know. Stupid. I think there's a lot of costumes that need to be rethought out there. What's the first one that comes to mind for you? The very first one all, always is, is. Baseball managers? Well, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes. But before that, the, the robes on the, the, you know the clergy seriously <laughs> yeah he's got a point the silly hats and the robes and it's like it's the baseball manager <laughs> i agree with you mega 100 percent. it's the the clergy the clergy men and women it just seems so ancient to me because yeah. you know that's the signal that they're you know somehow like closer to god than anyone yeah. else i think you know what i do love i love the ups shorts though i think it's i think it's great they are short, short. They're short, short. They, and like, they're, obviously, they're in now, but like, right. they, they were... UPS has been rocking them, yeah, mm -hmm. decades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, sorry for the tangent. <laughs> I guess we got a lot of Philly sports to catch up on. Where should we begin? 
Jeff, you have a lot to say here, I think. I thought we were going to start with your boys who are just... We can. It's more than that. They're, they're, yes, the Flyers are having issues, but I think it's a, it's just a shame league-wide what's going on. Every team is shorthanded, and it's random. They're just aggressively testing everyone, no matter you know symptoms or no, and then they're throwing them in the penalty box for multiple, multiple days, and it's like it could be anyone and it's, it turns out like every team's got they're, they're decimated with players there's been postponed games because they can't field a, ro- a full roster but yet the league is still just having these teams play games with half their roster and the other half are sitting there watching from their hotel room perfectly healthy yeah <laughs> and the players are so pissed about it and the fans are too and i think it's i think it's a, my opinion it's 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 disgraceful because the league and the outcome of the games now are a joke they're not being played with the right players and um you know you can argue well every team's got to deal with it so deal with it but it's 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 bullshit and um you either have to pause the season for a period of time and just decide implement a new policy that you don't test asymptomatic players, which would be my vote. But um, Back to the so flyers. beyond the flyers, <laughs> but the flyers are, are, are a victim of it. And yeah, I mean, they're, no, they're not playing well, but you can't criticize them because they're missing four or five of their key. Well, they're playing so poorly. They fired their coach. Oh, back to that. I mean, I don't think we've really, yeah, that was absolutely. Oh, yeah, they, they that was absolutely deserved and had to happen. They went on a little bit they, of a tear afterwards. They played right? pretty well for like six or seven games, and then the you know the the, the postponement started to happen right before Christmas. Um, Are we in tank mode with the Fly Guys? No, no. no. You're holding out for like a playoff spot. No, I don't know that that's going to happen either. But tanking isn't realistic because there are there are a few teams at the very bottom who are. A tr- their records are yeah. so bad the Flyers will never catch them. Um, so once again, so the hopes for a high, high pick are out the window. And it's another. I think that they still have a. They actually still have a reasonable shot at the playoffs. They're not that far out. They just have to win some games. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's disappointing to watch for me. That's that's all I have on the yeah. Flyers. Yeah, Sixers. Well, the NBA is dealing with the same thing that the NHL is. So rosters have just been, I mean, all over the place. If you're watching certain games, I mean, there's players you've never heard of who are getting, like, serious, serious minutes. I mean, G League call-ups, people, like, coming out of quasi-retirement. So the Sixers had a pretty um, significant COVID issue really before this, I'll call it, current wave that's why they had their little dip in the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, um, and have since had their major players remain mostly healthy. Joel Embiid has just been playing absolutely out of his mind recently. Um, they're, I think, fifth in the East, um, a beat-up East for you know that matter. But um, when they play well, they're fun to mo- watch, and when they don't, they're brutal to watch, which has pretty much been – the case for them as long as I can remember. Um, Tyrese Maxey has emerged as like a legitimate uh, option offensively. Um, Did we think that was a question mark last year? 
Because every time he came in a game last year, like, oh my god, this kid can play. Yeah, like he's a little clumsy. Yeah, like in his play style, but yeah. it works. Nobody can stop him. I don't think we're surprised by it. I I think I'm surprised by how quickly we're seeing it. Like I thought he maybe needed another year coming off the bench, but he's been in the starting point guard role and thrived. Dude, he's my guy. Yeah, I love him. He's awesome. No, I love I, his energy. I think Joel <laughs> loves his energy. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if T- Tobias Harris has a pulse, but yeah. I think he might like his energy too. Yeah, well, Tobias Harris is the biggest, uh, aside from Ben Simmons, which I like. Weird, we, I can't even touch. It's over. Like the Ben era is done. <laughs> like he's history. Um, Except he's still on the team. Tobias is awful, <laughs> dude. He's having like one of his worst seasons. It might be his statistically worst season of his career. Mike, he's making thirty-six million dollars this year. He's our highest-paid player. And he is awful, horrendous. And now, like, so everybody's talking about, you know, how they got to get rid of him, how it's even more important to get rid of him than Ben, mostly because of the money. Um, But there's a lot of fan theories that, like, he's taking it personally now because he made a basket over, like, a point guard yesterday. He, like, backed him down and, like, made a basket, which – fine Tobias the guy was has you have probably like 50 pounds on him in like five inches but he's running down court and the camera catches him like saying don't clap don't fucking clap because like the fans were excited he made a basket well they and they've were just booing been booing him, him booing all him season earlier because yeah. he stinks so now there's this drama about like should it's all the like should fans boo does Tobias deserve to be booed and like we talked about this before it's just dude the, like Talk radio is like, so wait a second. Now the players are going to tell the fans Don't cheer what they're allowed to cheer for. <laughs> like, and that's just, and that's a great point. Like, all right. <laughs> Officially, the joke league of all the major sports. I mean, none of the other leagues have this many issues with the players being so butthurt about what the fans are doing, saying, and tweeting. Than the NBA, I think the I think the Sixers organization. I think it's the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Danny Green did the same thing at the yeah. end of the season last year. I think the Sixers well, organization. Well, Joe got into it with like the fans, kind of. But list. he he grew. It was one of my biggest beasts with yeah. him in, yeah. early in his career is that he's got he's like too sensitive. Like he yeah. wants the fame, but he doesn't want people to come down on him. He wants to like talk shit, but like when he doesn't play well, like don't say anything. And he grew out of that. Yeah. And he addressed that yesterday. Yeah. He was like. You know, I dealt with the same stuff, but, you know, it's just, it's all fun and games and we move on. I think the Sixers organization needs to grab their players or make a statement to their players like, shut up and play. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, shut up and play. <clears throat> Danny freaking Green? Dude, get rid of him. Get rid of Harris. As far as I'm concerned, everybody is available except Joe. And I love Maxi. I love him. But, like, if we're talking about legitimately getting somebody who can make this team take this team to the next level uh, everyone's on the table keep joe and 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 maxi you can get rid of everybody else for me um i'm just like joel's playing so well he's matured so much as a person and like his window is just rapidly closing yeah. like everybody around the league in the east is either getting better like the bulls have emerged as a like legitimate team this year and we're just witnessing one of the best players in the history of this team and organization who could potentially walk away with like 
nothing to show for it. So it's wildly frustrating on like an organizational level. But we'll see what happens. Just trust the process, Meg. That's so mean. Um, <laughs> we'll get to the birds real quick and then we can wrap yeah. up Philly sports. Yeah. Playoffs, baby. So I officially apologize to the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles organization for saying they wouldn't win more than six games. To all of our listeners for and to all of our listeners being very down on every all of them. <laughs> That's I mean now in my defense I never I never tuned out. I mean I always tune in. I watch every game, start to finish. But uh, are they like are they good or decent or are the teams they've been playing against just that bad? Uh, I don't see. I don't. I, it doesn't strike me that the Eagles are like good. Uh, or should be in the playoffs. It might be that there's just so many bad teams. They in, were two and conference. five. They're nine and seven now. So yes, they are decent. I don't know if I'd stretch to good. I'd say they're decent. And yes, they've their schedule has been weak. Um, but I think in that two and five stretch, they played Tampa Bay, and I think they were pretty much in that game and almost or had a chance to win it. And Tampa Bay is not a joke. And I always feel like any given Sunday, like you're playing an NFL football team. They're not like a college team. So it's man on man, like beat up the other guy in front of you. Um, they, I mean, I think they've just, they've just been playing better. Jalen's been playing better. He has The run game's been awesome. Run game's been awesome. And it was like a switch. Like yeah. when, I feel like, I swear to God, I feel like Nick Sirianni was like listening to WIP and they were like, run. I mean, dude, they were chanting, run the ball at yeah. games. And he literally started running the ball and they won games. Yeah. They're the best. They're the best running team in the, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Statistically, I think like their offense is, is decent when they play well. Their defense is suspect. Like, yeah. Um, but apparently you don't need defense to win as evidenced by the Eagles freaking Patriots Super Bowl. Like when no one could stop anyone and they just kept scoring. Right. Like if you put up 41 points, you're probably going to win a game. So who cares what your defense does? But also I feel like the the loss, the the early stretch, they were taking like 15 penalties a game and like stupid ones, you know, you know, motion and yeah, offsides. I feel like you're making making that up. (laughs) I might be, but it felt like it. It felt like that was a big reason for them being so bad early was you can't overcome you just can't lead the league in penalties and win games it was probably any sport you might be right and it was probably just a function of new leadership new coaches and yeah. them just not being on the same page um, they're like 17 games in now so they look much they look better than they have all season right now which mm-hmm. is good dude they've won the last five games in a row like that's what you want going into the playoffs Rest everyone this Saturday. Do not play anyone. That's a starter. And then roll into the playoffs, and who the hell knows? They just come out so slow. Yeah. Like, going down, going into halftime down to the Washington football team, probably, it doesn't matter. But going to halftime down to a playoff, to team. A playoff yeah. team, like, they're not good enough to come come back from that. At least in my opinion, I don't know anything about football, but like that's what's been frustrating. Like the first half of every game, you're like pulling your hair out, and then the second half, you're like, "Wow, this is a legitimate football team." It's like 
can't they put together more than two quarters of good football? And like, I don't know that they have. Yeah. Not consecutively. Yeah. Yeah. I literally like I, I text my father in the first half. This team is unwatchable. <laughs> I hate them. And then at the end of the game, like, dude, we're going to the Super Bowl. I called my dad after the Washington game on, or I called my mom, and my dad in the background is literally, like, "We're going to the Super Bowl, baby." <laughs> oh, By the yeah. way, Merrill Reese, I think, is losing his mind. Like, I don't know if you've listened to him. I've I've had to because I've been in the car for some of these games, and maybe he's always been like this, but I don't think so because he's there'll be a, a questionable or a bad call, and he's like, "That's the worst call I've ever seen." Like, you know, just losing his mind. It's like that's. It's pretty standard, Merrill. But I feel like he wasn't always that much like of a, acting like a fan. All right, we'll report back in six months. I can't wait to report back before <laughs> the first playoff game. Yeah, when we know who they're playing. Yeah. 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 All right, let's get into it. Coach's Corner. Tesla stock punishes weary fund managers. This was written by Michael Worsthorn um, for the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Michael's article focuses on active fund managers who have underperformed their benchmarks due in large part to Tesla. As of this article, which was written in November, just 9% of large cap active funds outperform the Russell 1000 growth index, which Tesla has over a 4% weighting in. All right. So this is above my pay grade. I don't understand a lot of this stuff, but I'll I'll ask a question and I'll defer to, to you guys. Um so they're complaining that Tesla is outperforming, but they only hold like a little bit of it. Or none of it at all. Or none of it at all. But isn't their job as active managers to say, I think I'm speculating that Tesla is going to have a great year in 2021 and overweight to it. Isn't that what they are supposed to do? Like they're complaining about what they're supposed to be doing or what they what they advertise themselves for being able to do, like go find the companies that are going to have good years before they have good years. And that's going to help your fund's performance to beat an index. Isn't that what they're supposed that like they promote themselves as being able to do? Yes. 100%. That's why when I read this article, I, I was like, that's a, the point you're show. supposed to be able to identify the companies that are going to outperform the index. That's why you charge 1.25% in expense ratio of your fund. So the, Yeah. So Tesla was up like 700 and some percent last year. I knew right. it was going to be up 700%. <laughs> and it's got like a, it says in the article, 2.5% weighting in the S&P 500. Yep. But it accounted for like a quarter of the total return. Um, well, over, over a period of time that was, wasn't for the full year. But regardless, the point is, it's having a huge impact on the index return. And the Eaton Vance fund manager that's in this uh, article is whining and complaining about how impossible it is for active managers to beat the index when there's a stock like this that, that is such a, uh, a grand slam, basically. Well, why don't you own that and, stock? And, and, and you're right, Jeff. The, the hypocrisy is insane because they advertise their funds as likely to outperform because we are going to pick those winners. And by the way, every year there are huge winners that dominate the returns inside of an index. That's how it works. And for this guy, he, like his quote was, um, 
it's virtually impossible for traditional managers to be benchmarks when certain stocks dominate. That's all the time, bro. Your job <laughs> is to pick the stocks that dominate, which I, again, we don't agree with. We don't think it's consistently possible to do. Because if you own the index, you will by, by default own those own Grand those, Slam those winners. Let me ask you this question because I don't know the answer to it. Was Tesla the only stock in the index that had a ridiculous year like that? Uh, no, but it was the it was the biggest. Well, it was, was it the only stock that outperformed the index last year? Not at all. Of course not. Right. So why don't why didn't you overweight to those other companies? The other twenty companies that out like I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, Apple was eighty two percent. Amazon was seventy two. Like like those. Why didn't you overweight you, you to should, those? You should have been owning a ton of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I I just I was laughing reading this because. The whole active manager value prop is exactly what we just said, Jeff. And he's saying it's impossible for me to do that. No <laughs> well, shit. That's why we buy how indexes. You, how, how are you getting paid your, your fees then if you're complaining about how you can't do what you're promising to do? And and 2022 is going to have the same thing. There's going to be dominant returns of certain companies in the in the index. And that benchmark that you're managing to, you're supposed to... Be overweight those. You're supposed to own more of those. You're supposed to be smarter than everybody else, right? Well, they justify it with explanations like the one in the article, which this feels a lot like late 98 and 99. So they're telling their investors, like, we were cautionary, right? We didn't want to be participating in a bubble. And that's how they continue to get assets, I would assume, because they can spin any scenario like this one in a way that preys on people's fear of losing money by saying, oh, this is why you didn't get the same return as the index. Because we thought that Tesla, I mean, it calls it like tens of billions of dollars of market cap being created on no news or incremental news, meme stocks going from $2 to $5. They're just like making excuses for what we know to be just like the result of Owning an index versus yeah. owning an active and, and we manager. say all the time one of the reasons we own indexes like broadly diversified as possible is because we you have to own those big big huge winners because if you miss them because you're you're stock picking or you're investing in eat advanced growth fund <laughs> um, your returns are going to be really lousy relative to the index because the 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 biggest winners in any index all the time, not just last year, are, are the are like the four or five or ten best performers. And you gotta if you don't own them, you're you're gonna laugh. And they make up the majority of the return of that index for that year. A so, huge part of it. Yeah, yes. Maybe not a majority. Maybe not a big, majority, but a big, big part enough part to matter. So like, sorry, man. This is what you're on the wrong side of the of the index versus active argument here and you're like you said meg you're, you're now just making up things to explain your underperformance and it's a joke and if anyone like and they should be called out on this these people yeah i mean it's why we don't do it that way right and i feel like even if you were to <clears throat> be more diversified with it from the standpoint of okay we're gonna we're not gonna bet on an individual company but we're gonna make bets on on, on a sector like we're gonna overweight client portfolios to um, 70% of the equities are going to be in tech. If you do that on a consistent basis, you're going to be wrong a lot and you're not going to perform as well as the markets. No one's good enough to do that. It's trying to predict the future and you just can't do it. 
Right, and also these guys like they're they're making the observation that Tesla's ridiculously overvalued. It's you know mm-hmm. PE is X, and you know it's got there's no way it deserves that valuation. And maybe that's true, but maybe it's not because there's a whole part of investor psychology that comes into play that is way way beyond you just analyzing a, a balance sheet or a P and L statement, and 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 you know um, proclaiming that it's overvalued, so I won't own it. Well. I mean, your performance is going to reflect the fact that you're not owning what you should own, and 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 you're charging high fees for it for the promise of outperformance. It's it's just this this pissed me off. This article, <laughs> dude. When people throw the PE ratio at me, I stop listening to them. <laughs> like like I don't care about the PE ratio. Like maybe it reverts back to the mean in three years. Like you're saying that as if you know. Like it's overpriced now or it's overvalued now. So in the next three to six months, it has to. No, it doesn't. Like it may stay there for two, three years. You're going to miss all that run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same point with the overall market, which, oh, it's overvalued all time highs. The, the, the Cape Schiller ratio has never been this high, whatever. <laughs> but it could continue for two, three, four, five years like it has. And if you're sitting there mm-hmm. like bearish or calling for a, a huge market break, you're you're out of luck. You've missed you've missed returns that you can't get back. Um, and if you think you're going to time the bottom or the correction, you're deluding yourself. And so it's so funny how quickly we forget. Like, I specifically remember being in client meetings last year with people, couples that were all in cash and felt really good about it coming out of March of 2020. And we're like, you know what? Yep, the balance of 2020 was good, but like it, it, that's not going to continue in 2021. And they missed an entire phenomenal year in the market again. And like, that's just going to continue. That that timing thinking is just going to consistently lead to failure. Unless you're like Marty, what's his name from Back to the Future? Marty, Cl- Marty, Marty McFly. And you have the <laughs> farmer's almanac or whatever. And you can predict it because you, you just can't. By the way, I've heard a lot of people refer to the farmer's almanac <laughs> like in connection with like what the weather is doing now and this year is that does anybody really think that there there's any level of predictability in the farmer's almanac i don't dude i have no idea nobody <laughs> no one said to you farmer's almanac says we're gonna have one of the coldest and snowiest winters in a while I think it would be a great exercise for someone to pick something like the weather in the Farmer's Almanac and, and just kind of like back test it over the last 20, 30 years and see how accurate they were. A great exercise. Stick pins be, in my eyeballs. You could be the person that literally <laughs> shut down the Farmer's Almanac because yeah. you, you disproved everything that they said. But I think it's relevant because there's still so many people who believe there's predictive, <laughs> predictive like value in the Farmer's Almanac. I don't even know what it is. Right. And it, clearly there's not. But people are just like, love to think that there's something out there or somebody out there that can predict the future. Maybe. I don't know. People like to believe that there's people that are so much smarter than them that have the ability to do those kinds of things because you don't have an acumen in that area. So you want to believe that there's experts out there that can do it better. Um, And it's just not true. It's just not true, man. We're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this article? 
we don't hate the person. Of- we don't hate the person that wrote it. We hate the person who was quoted in it, right? Oh yeah, I don't think we have any beef with Mike. Yeah. If anything, like he goes into Tesla, the company, and its existence in different funds and things like that, where he maybe should have spent time on, like Mike said, the active managers who are complaining about yeah. this. Like yeah. it's your value proposition. Yeah, I've, but yeah. no, I mean, we don't have any beef with Mike. I've read a lot of articles besides this one. Or or heard people talking about 2021 being just brutal for stock pickers or active managers because of this phenomenon. And it's like, it's phenomenal. What is different than any other year? Yeah. yeah, nothing. Yeah. Okay. Apple's Air Tags are being abused by car thieves and stalkers. So heavy uh, title there. Written by Michael Allison for Digital Trends, AirTags are small devices that can be attached to things, think of your keys or your wallet, that allow you to track them with the Find My app on your iPhone. The issue, as described in Michael's article, is that the AirTags are being used to track people, which can lead to scary situations. So they describe in the article like a woman who's found two AirTags on her car, presumably by someone trying to... I'm not, I don't know if stalk, but just track where she's going. So I buy an AirTag mm-hmm. and I put it in your car. Mm-hmm. It's my AirTag. Mm-hmm. So I can now trace it yeah. to know where you're going. Correct. Now, as an iPhone user, I believe that if the AirTag is in my car, I'm alerted to an AirTag within a certain distance of me. It's like 30 feet. You, you get you get notifications. Right. Yep. So I would know that it's not my AirTag because it's not linked to me. It literally says like there's an unknown AirTag tracking you. Correct. But that's because I'm an iPhone user. The issue that was presented in the article as well is that Android users don't have the automatic function of picking up AirTags. So if what Jeff just described happened and I'm an Android user... Jeff would track, could track everything, and I would never know that that is happening. I had no idea about air tags until I read the article. I didn't know what they were. Didn't know, didn't Did you ever hear the little exist. tile things? No. Oh. Yeah, I think like eight years ago, my mom gave me a tile, my, my whole family tiles for Christmas, which are cool. Same idea. But the way that this is being described is they're literally stalking devices. Yeah. Not just, oh, I'm going to attach them to my keychain. Like, I think that's the that was the thought initially. Was but like, how could that not be contemplated that nefarious people are going to use these things for, you know, nefarious reasons? Let's so say. my mom gave them to us for Christmas, again, years ago. Put them on your keychain. When you lose your keys, you just, there's an app for the tile. You hit a button and, you're, and they start beeping so you can find your keys. And, and it's GPS so you can find it. If you're not near, I was like, wow, that's great. Great idea. And the first thing I thought of was I'm going to put it in my oldest daughter's car without her knowing so that I know where she's going. Now, I also had her tracked on like find my family or whatever it is. Yeah. On, on, and she was aware of that. But what if she left her phone somewhere and decided to drive somewhere? Or what if someone took her car like, and she didn't have her phone? So... I think they're useful, and I think what Apple's doing is making it more secure, where if it's not yours, they're letting you know that somebody else, the issue is, like, I mean, how many notifications are you going to get? There's, I mean, there's so, so I've many I've never users. gotten an AirTag notification in my life. So 
either I'm not very stalkable, which, you know, is maybe part of it. But Or <laughs> like, you're not around people that have air tags. Right, right. Or is it a setting on your phone that you have to activate so you can get the notifications? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I thought this was beyond bizarre that this is that these things exist and certainly are being used in, in a wrong way for at some level. It's like everything else, though, dude. With yeah. everything else with technology, like their the technology is fantastic, but you have to look at the flip side of it. It's like Frank Abagnale; he works for the FBI. Like Alexas are awesome, but they're listening to you, which is terrible. Your iPhone is awesome. But Apple knows like everything that you search on the internet. You probably don't want that. It's all bad, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the the element of the air tags, like at least my phone is tracking me and is listening to me and is like picking up every location I've ever been. <laughs> but like the air tag is now someone else doing all of those things for me to me specifically location related and like that's where the element of privacy for me gets a little bit like ugh. well because it's a very small device too like you right. could be at a bar right. and someone could just throw it in your jacket throw yeah. it in your handbag or yeah. whatever and yep. and, and the, like the article said people are tracking high-end cars to steal yep. them i mean that, that seems pretty obvious that that's going to happen but now, if you have an iPhone and you get in your high-end car, it's go it's going to tell you there's a there's a uh, what is it called air again? Tag. An air tag like near you that's but not yours. I, what if I am around a lot of people and I just assume that there's a bunch of iPhone users that have air tags? Just drive on a couple their keys. blocks. Drive a couple <laughs> blocks away where there's no one, and if it's still there, it's on your car. Get out your like your your metal detector thing and scan your car. Yeah, I think that's that that already is a problem. Like, I don't want to have to do that because no. that, that's sure. Yeah, like I I now have to be aware that I, I need to be keep an eye out for an air tag notification. Well, I mean, you don't. No, Not me. no one's going to track you. Of course, <laughs> but I think it's I think it's absurd. This this piece of technology. I don't hate it. I think it's great for parents and kids that way if it's used that way where you can track your kids you know where they are you know where their cars are that's important or it could be important i mean we survived without that technology but today's weird man there's a lot of freaking strangers out there that that have this technology that have an ability to do stuff to have a phone have a, a ability to find your location because of like a post that you make on facebook or instagram they have like location yeah. services and they, like it's there's a lot of crazy ass people out there. Yeah, well, yeah, I but mean, it's sorry. The reason that you're saying it should exist is the exact reason Mike's saying it shouldn't. Because like because it exists, those people are doing the things that you're scared of them doing. Yeah. <laughs> like you're saying that you wanted to track your daughter's car location without her knowing. Correct. And I think that that's a problem to me. Like, and I think a lot of parents want to do what you do. It's a problem until someone kidnaps her, throws her phone to the side of the road and and carjacks her and takes her car with her. Right? Like think but about But why wouldn't you why wouldn't you tell her I have this on your car for that reason? Like you're doing it like Because I also want to know when she goes to the party, she says she wasn't going to go. <laughs> there you go. I mean <laughs> And I now I can't come down on her if I find out that she did go to the party. 
when I was spying on her. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's like low jack. Okay, the low jack thing <laughs> is one thing where you want to be able to retrieve your car if it's, right. if it's taken. Um, but yeah, spying on your kid's location without their knowledge, I feel like that's, I'm not on board with that. I think with like you have to have the ability with all this technology to shut it off, right? Like you have like they should give you the ability to just disable it. I don't know how you do that with someone else's air tag. I guess the best way they thought of doing it was an alerting you that they're. Yeah. But I think they said something, or I did some research. It was like you can like make it play a sound, but like it's such a low sound. Like you, like, you could miss easily. Yeah, if you're wearing it. AirPods, you probably won't hear it. Like, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of negatives to this. I'm not. I'm playing the positive side of it, but I, I obviously see the the downside to it as well. Yeah, it's crazy. It makes me want to get one and like use it and understand like how it works, so I can like at least be knowledgeable knowledgeable about like what to keep an eye out for. I mean, I guess you can't when the genie's out of the bottle. You can't like I would say if you put one on your dog's collar and you lose your dog, you'll be able to it's retrieve your idea. dog. But then that means you can put one any on right, anything, right. and that's a problem to me. But think about that. How many pets get lost? How many wallets and keys gets lost? That's where this started. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's this big. It was yeah. just like you put it on your keychain and, you know, you're never hunting for your keys when you're late for work. Like, that's as innocently as this and, like, the tile thing began. And now we're carjacking and kidnapping. Well, it's like <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> people posting their little vacation photos, and then you have somebody going on there and, Robin there. and yeah. jacking up the empty house. Yeah, that's why you always post those pictures when you get home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I watched Home Alone recently and dress up as a police officer and walk into a house, all of the details about where you're going, how long you'll be gone, word of mouth. Jeez. I got a question about that, though. <laughs> Part of the plot line was the phone lines were down. That's why they couldn't call him. Yeah. He ordered pizzas. Called He called in pizzas. Right? I'm pretty sure it was like only incoming calls. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I refuse to dissect Home Alone. <laughs> uh, do you want to dissect Spider-Man instead? Yeah, let's go. Let's go I haven't seen it. <clears throat> so you guys are going to have to like bring me up to speed without spoiling anything. So Spider-Man No Way Home, and I saw this on Twitter, is the 12th biggest movie of all time. Um, highest gross, 12th highest grossing movie of all time, taking in a worldwide box office total to $1.37 billion. Is it like, do we even, th those stats don't make sense, right? I think some of them are adjusted for inflation, but I don't know if all of them are. But like, it costs more to go to a movie now. That's what I mean. Than it did 20 years ago. There are more people living on planet Earth than there were 20 years. There's more movie theater. Like, <laughs> like there's, it's like complete BS. Well, I mean, there's obviously some formula that they use because they have a list. I think they're just doing it by revenue, aren't they? You think they're adjusting it for inflation? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, I think they do. So, like, they adjusted the gross revenue of, like, Titanic. Cas Casablanca. Yes. But your point's a good one. It's not, it's probably not population adjusted. Yeah, it can't I, I would be agree population with that. adjusted. And it's probably not number of theaters. I'm sure it's not in that. But I think, like, what you're, the cost of going to a movie that, that I believe is adjusted in those It's figures. like 10 times more people on the planet right now than there were. 
I don't even know. <laughs> That's a wild yeah, stat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how long. Ago. Can we, can we right, talk well, about the, the genre? And yeah, not, let's I mean, get into not it. The actual movie. Um, I saw the movie. The Spider-Man genre or the the movie superhero theater? genre? Or, yeah, superhero. The Marvel DC world. Yeah, which is basically the only movies that are made anymore, or at least are the only ones that have any success or viewership. And I get it. I, I don't I don't begrudge anyone who, who enjoys those. But for me, I find myself bored and a little irritated and want it to be over because it's it's two things. It's CGI and like over over the top special effects, fight scenes and explosions, which is fine. I mean, I don't again, some people love that stuff. And then witty banter, witty one liners to get a chuckle out of the crowd. Like it's, it's that's all it is. And and um, I'm I'm kind of like I think Martin Scorsese ripped on the the mm-hmm. the superhero genre and I I'm with him I agree with him like there's no creativity coming out of Hollywood all of it's moved to streaming rightfully so and like the only reason to go to a movie theater is to watch like a, a big action superhero flick with all the sound and the big screen I get it I it's just not for me. It's not for me. I, I find the, the the stories idiotic. The and I loved them when I was a kid. I loved them, but now I'm like, they're just and Spider Man, the wimpiest of all the superheroes by far. Really? And I I get he's a he's a high school kid and he's not supposed to be. Um, the Ricky Gervais monologue on the Golden Globes from 2020. Do yourself a favor if you haven't seen it. Ten minutes or so, absolutely skewering <laughs> the audience of Hollywood superstars, and the, the looks on everyone's faces are priceless. He didn't give a shit. He was just like, like pointing out, picking out people, and just making his his brand of humor jokes. Uh, awesome, gotta watch. Was it targeted towards like? Superheroes? Superheroes? I think the one thing he said about the superhero thing was these guys aren't acting anymore. They're just in the gym 12 hours a day to see who can fit into the tightest suit and look the best. And, you know, he was sort of like maybe agreeing with Scorsese. But but anyway, just my personal opinion is I find myself bored in those those movies. Like, the... Explosion scenes and the fight scenes are so unrealistic now. Like it, it's great to see this incredible like technology, but it it's gotten I think so unrealistic for me. Like, and I, I'm just watching these scenes. Like, well, come on, you know, <laughs> Jeff, you're not with me. I know you have a different view. I mean, the only two words I can think of <laughs> listening to your rant are "Okay, Boomer." <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I completely disagree with you. Like, the first Iron Man was fantastic. The first Transformers was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I love all of them. The Wonder Woman was fantastic. Now, I just named three that were probably three of the best ones. And they they're, they, they, they didn't get as goofy as some of the other ones that let's string along in the series. Um, I love the CGI. Like, I think back to, like, the movies when I was a kid, and you look at them now. Like, think of Christmas Vacation when, like, Santa goes across the sky. Like, it's so bad. (laughs) Now, I know it's probably supposed to be bad in that one, but, like, 
the special effects when we were growing up was so horrible and it's like right now it's so cool yeah so like the terminator you look at you watch the terminator movies now and it's a, it's a lot so of, bad it's a it's a Brutal. little cringy but at the time it was unreal yeah sure. I feel though my point is that I think watching these current movies, it's also unreal, but in a in a over the top way that's just like like the fight scenes are so stupid. Did you opinion. see Wonder Woman? No. Like, I mean, that's one that you should probably watch because it's a good story. Um, the effects are awesome. It's not. I don't think it's got like the goofy banter. I mean, they, there are like one liners that are. But I mean, I, I mean, I find them funny. Maybe my humor is different than yours. Um, I love it because I'm, I'm always like when it comes to movies and shows, I'm there strictly to be entertained. I, I I'm, again, I don't begrudge anyone who enjoys it. I'm just saying for me, like, I'm kind of t- I'm kind of overwatching like a a fight to the death scene where someone's about to, where the superhero, let's say, is about to be like put away and they're and they're zipping off like funny one-liners like i think where it, it has a lot of clout with people are like the hardcore comic people that they know the story mm-hmm. right and what they do with these movies is they eventually get to like something that was in the story that they haven't gotten to yet like a, a movie will end and they'll have like at the end of the credits like a, a quick scene and they'll be like oh my god uh, Doctor Doom's coming in like the next like they like they're freaking out because that person's going to be brought in, and like they know the story where you and I probably don't know the story as well as the as the diehards do. I don't know. I don't know the stories at all, right. and I think that's why I find it entertaining. I'm like I can count on one hand the amount of superhero movies I've seen, and I think because I'm going in to watch a superhero movie. I expect everything to be completely unbelievable. Like, I'm expecting Spider-Man to be almost killed, but it's like, dude, the movie started 10 minutes ago. Like, of course he's going to live. This fight scene can't end Spider-Man. Like, I, I, I don't have any expectation beyond obnoxious CGI and stupid, like, one-liners. And I walk out being like, you know what? That was a fun two hours. Two and a half hours. Were they bucks? Yeah, I really enjoyed the most recent Spider Man. I've seen, I mean, Black Panther. I enjoyed Wonder Woman. I enjoyed an Iron Man. Like if if we're in like the DC Marvel universe, that's it. You ask me about anybody else, I'm I'm out. Like even in this Spider Man, they bring in is it Doctor Strange? Yeah, and like a couple other characters, and I, I mean, you could tell from the people in the theater that like they were known the oh, yeah. like yeah. personalities and i was like oh is this person yeah. new is this person new like i have no clue but that to me that's made it more entertaining because i don't know any of the story so i go in and i watch for two and a half hours and then i move on <laughs> so yeah dr strange is a very legitimate character on his own had his, right. had his own movie right um, he's one of the avengers no, I don't think so. I don't oh. think he's an actual Avenger Avenger. Oh. See, I mean, like he I... may have came in later, but I don't think he was one of the original. Uh, like, he wasn't in the movie The Avengers. Oh. He wasn't in it. Okay. Okay. Um, which, by the way, was another good one. You would hate it. <laughs> um, but, what? no, what I like about him is I'll watch it, and then I'll, I'll call, like, one of my buddies who is a comic book guy. Yeah. Like, in his 50s. He's a comic book guy. I'm like, dude, why was Doctor Strange like... He's like, oh, dude, let me tell you. That was in, like, <laughs> you know, 
whatever they're called, comic book 152, volume right, right. three. Um, I like it. I find it entertaining. It's way different than like your lethal weapons. Yeah, but I mean, I I go back to like other action movies like that, that were awesome, like uh, True Lies, right? Arnold, Tom Arnold, like witty one-liners. Yeah. Great. True um, Lies is awesome. Really good, like story kind of also yeah. like it was it was that to me is a is a good action movie it's um, not superhero it's not though, right like and i and i feel like the more we do this this comic book genre like superhero and action are separate because there's the regular people action movie the the arnold schwarzenegger's the the bruce willis is the like like fast and the furious does that count as a action movie i haven't seen any of the uh, 19 of them that there are yeah and they're exactly like Spider-Man without like superheroes. It's just a bunch of explosions. Yeah. And oh yeah. Large oh. yeah. And, and, and it's like the greatest banter one-liners. It's like terrible. It. <laughs> it's un, it's unwatchable to me yeah. because I go to the superhero movies to see that CGI and yeah. the super and like the things that you just can't do. That's why you have superheroes. Yeah. 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 Fast and the Furious might be like in, in it's, its a whole own other category. category. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That's interesting because I didn't realize you had such disdain. It's me. not that. It's just it's not my thing. And I'm yeah. finding the, that I've seen, the well, Spider-Man I just saw, and then before that, Avengers, what's it called? Going Home or Coming Home? Oh, no. Whatever. The, um, and I I was feeling the same the same kind of way watching it. Like I, It's not like I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, all right, Do me when's f- this over? Did you watch um, Guardians of the Galaxy? Maybe I think I watched it on at home bits and pieces. That one's good. It's a good one. It's a really good it's one. It's a really good one. Like I find myself listening to the soundtrack, which okay. might be the nerdiest thing about me. <laughs> it's not the nerdiest thing I've heard you say, but it's up there. I would I would ask you to do me a favor when you have downtime, if you're looking for something to watch, watch Wonder Woman, the first one. De- only the first one. Yeah. Watch Iron Man. The first one. I, I, def- I saw Iron Man. Okay. With Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and he yeah. blows up like the mountains behind him. Yeah. Like, that was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. it's not like I didn't enjoy it. I, okay. I watched it and I was fine with Did it. Did you come out of that feeling like you came out of Spider-Man feeling? No. I can't, I, I felt worse coming out of Spider-Man. Okay. I, think it's, I think I have a thing with Spider-Man. I don't think you like Spidey. I don't. I don't. I never have. Because he's weak. Yeah. See, I feel like Batman... Is the weakest. I, you're not. You're not wrong. Like he is the one who is most susceptible to. Ju- he can't yeah. do anything. He's got a stupid suit and a stupid car. <laughs> he's, he, he's like at least Spider Man can like kind of quasi fly. Well, in one of the in one of the movies, I think it. I forget which one it was. I think it was the Flash who said to him like, "So what's your superpower?" And he goes, "I'm rich." <laughs> like he doesn't have a superpower. Right. right. He's right. just literally rich. He's right. got all the gadgets, and he right. just gets. Beat up all the time. True. <laughs> all right. Should we move on to our top five sandwiches? Sure. Who wants to go first? Does anybody want to go last? Because I don't. I don't want to go last. I don't. I don't have. I don't think I have a really good list here. But all right, you guys go. My <laughs> shitty list will go last. Go ahead, Matt. All right. So number one, sausage, egg, and cheese. Is like just my go-to breakfast sandwich. On what? Yeah, is there is bagel? Like a, okay, on a bagel. Got yeah. it. <clears throat> um, 
I'm gonna go with a ice cream sandwich. Ooh, wow! Mm-hmm. So out of the box. Mm-hmm. I, had not, I was thinking of specifically mentioning the chip witches. Oh, like, you're taking all of mine. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to. I, I'm going traditional ice cream sandwich, which is yeah. just the chocolate, yeah. the vanilla chocolate. Yeah. Um, I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. A euro, euro. Oh God! Like so the, awful. Oh my! It's like God. lamb meat, right? Oh. Yeah, wrapped in a pita with a cucumber, red onion, tomato, like a feta, yeah. and a tzatziki. I think it's called. Oh. I think it's pronounced gyro. Gyro. I tried to look it up while we were talking. Um, Italian sausage with peppers, on like a just a nice South Philly roll, and then um, lox terrible. bagel. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, it was five for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two of the five were decent. Yeah, I overlap. You overlapped me on the sausage, egg, and cheese. I would. I actually would go either. I'm not going plain bagel. Mm. It's got to be like a cinnamon raisin. No. Or yeah, or or um, cinnamon raisin. Cinnamon raisin sausage, egg, and cheese on cinnamon raisin. Never had it. Cheese. Yes. Yes. I know I've never had it. I've wow. done plain everything, maybe. Uh, everything, yeah. But yeah. So um, I also had the chip witch. <laughs> thought I was going to be alone in that. Um, not not a specific one of these, but I love a, um, a fried chicken sandwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good ones around. Pretty much most restaurants have them. Uh, and I got I got to include the uh, the the uh, Diablo from Primos. Yeah, mm. I thought those of that. are good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, chicken Diablo. Really, any of them, but um, okay. those are great. And then a um, a solid high end cheesesteak, not Ron's. Yeah, because they've gone downhill. Yeah, but like a legit one, and not 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 a South Philly either. Really? Yeah. Not even yeah. like Jim's, obviously not Pat's or Gino's, but Jim's makes a f- good steak. You know, you know, Capriati's makes a pretty good one too. I've never had their mm-hmm. cheese steaks. Mm-hmm. So that's my list. It's not, it's not good. Um, not a huge sandwich guy, but. Um, so the 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 specifically the Philly cheesesteak makes my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically from Phil's on twenty third. I think it's like third twenty third and Passionac or something like that. Um. The Bobby makes my list from Capriati's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, the classic PB and J, but specifically with like the flat hers potato chips in between. So I do like a PB and J, and before I fold the sandwich together, <laughs> I layer it with like classic potato chips. Huh? And it's phenomenal. Never been a PB and J girl. Um, so you're you're saying you're nine years old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superheroes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortnite, cartoons, <laughs> cartoons. Uh, the Sizzly, like any. So um, sheets out in like Western PA, they make like a made to order. So I get like a a ham and egg on. It's like basically a waffle with syrup in the inside baked into the waffle. It's phenomenal. It sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then last, I can't believe neither of you have it. 
is the pistachio chicken sandwich from the Fabio's in media. It's like very specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had yeah, the sandwich. Never had. The, the had chicken the tenders. I've had the just the tenders. Yeah, the tenders are great. Great. Yeah. Throw it on a long roll. All right. All right. Thanks 60. for listening. In the books. Thanks for listening. Yeah. See ya.